Amen. I surrender all. Have you surrendered all? Sometimes it seems like the old man tries to creep up. So no, old man, get behind me, Satan. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hold on one second. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord with the fellowship of the believers, isn't it not? Isn't this nice and warm and cuddly in here? We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. We give you honor, Lord. We glorify you. We thank you that you're the one who is and was and is to come. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We look for that day, Lord, when we're all together to be with you forever in our heavenly mansion. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You know, you can have an altar at home. You don't have to wait till you get to church. You can have your own church at home, and then you bring your church to church, amen? <laughs> and then we all bring our, what we know of the Lord, and we just offer it up to Him, and He receives it, and He's pleased, and He's happy, because we're His children. We're His sons and daughters. We're the ones that He loves with an everlasting love, amen? So we want to welcome everyone, everyone here to our baptismal service. Last time in July, we had 15 baptism people, yes, from three different countries. From Iran, we had a former Muslim that said, I need to get baptized. When are you going to have the baptismal service? And so we baptized him, and then Leanne brought all of her family, all six of them, and they got baptized from China, praise the Lord. We had one from the Philippines, and so we had three different countries being represented, including us here in the United States. But this time, we have kind of like a friend and family baptism. We have a, we have a father and a daughter, we have a mother and a son, and we have Angel who brought a friend. So we're going to have like a family and friend day, amen? Now, God is into families, is he not? Wait a minute, I forgot something. I forgot to pray. Oh, no. Well, I'm not going to get up here and just do it myself. I need some help from above. Amen. <laughs> Lord, help us. Help me speak your word, your oracles, that it will minister to your people, your people that you've created. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So God is into families because he saved Noah and his family. The Bible says Noah was righteous in all of his ways, but it didn't say anything about his family, but God saved his family as well, right? His three sons and his wife, praise the Lord. Now, God chose Abraham because he said, I know he'll teach his children the ways of the Lord. He wanted it to perpetuate throughout generations. He saved Lot and his family, even though they were in Sodom and Gomorrah. So God knows how to save his families. Now, Lot did, uh, Lot's wife, what did she do wrong? She looked back. She said, oh, I like, I, I like the Sodom and Gomorrah uh, country club, and uh, I, I like uh, all those things back there. And, and God said, if you do that, you're going to turn into a pillar of salt. Don't look back. Don't look back on your old life. Don't look back at what you used to do. Say, that's not worth it anymore. I'm looking straight ahead forward. Praise the Lord. He saved Rahab and the harlot. Come on. And their family. And the family. The angel said, is there anyone here? in your family, and, and she gathered them all up, and they got saved. So guess what? When Paul and Silas were in jail 
And, and they had him locked up, and God shook the jail, and the doors were open, and they ran out, and the jailer, he thought, oh, no, I'm going to die because I let, go of the, let the prisoners go. He said, what must I do to be saved? And they said, what? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your whole household shall be saved. That's a good word, isn't it? So if you have sons and daughters, brothers, sisters that have not accepted the Lord, you can stand on that promise. Now, I told that promise to Leanne, and so she was witnessing, ministering to her father for many years, and he just wouldn't budge. He said, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Well, he almost missed it because a week before he died, he accepted the Lord. Now, that's cutting it close. But the promise is still there. Because I told, him, told her about my father and my mother. They were at 85 and 93 years old, and they accepted the Lord. And I can tell you, my dad was the least person that you would think would get saved because he said, there is no God, there is no heaven, there is none of that stuff. And I, he, hurt, he, he broke his hip, so he had to get to a retirement home close to our house, and we took him to church every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday. <laughs> Finally, he said, you know what? I'm ready to receive the Lord. He received the Lord, and while he was dying in the retirement home, he said, son, it hurts so bad. It just hurts so bad. I said, dad, just cry out to Jesus. Say, Jesus, Jesus, help me. And so his last words were, Jesus, Jesus, help me. Jesus, 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 up into heaven. What a glorious thing to see. Amen? So don't give up on your, on your family. Don't give up on those that you know need to know the Lord. Now, God loves families Jesus, check this out, Jesus chose three sets of brothers to be his disciples. How could that be? In all the world, three sets of brothers. Why? He loves families. He loves people that are hanging together. But he loves everyone. In 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 4, it says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. You might look at some people and say, no, I don't think he wants him. No, he wants everybody to come to know the Lord. As honorary as they may seem, as much as you don't like them, you have to know that he's, God may use you to save them. We had one lady, she used to put a, a chair out and believe for her husband to come to church, right? And this many years, and she, she almost gave up. And so uh, one day he went to the barber shop, and he got saved at the barber shop. And she got mad. She said, all the preaching, all the preaching I did for you, and you, you didn't accept the Lord, and you went to the barber shop and got saved. But she came, he came and sat in that seat. She didn't give up. She's just a little mad, that's all. <laughs> but we're taking heed to the Lord's commandment in Matthew 28, 19. It says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, baptism doesn't save you, but because you're saved, you want to get baptized. Even Jesus was baptized by a family member. His cousin, John the Baptist, baptized him. He said, I shouldn't baptize you. You should be baptizing me. He said, no, permit it to be so that all righteousness may be fulfilled. What was he talking about? He was saying that I have to show myself as a human as brought here from uh, a mother's womb to fulfill all the requirements, all the rituals, to be circumcised, everything that needed to be done. I'm being baptized to acknowledge your ministry and also to usher in my ministry, Jesus said, to preach the gospel to the poor. Praise the Lord. Now, 
Let's look at Jesus' baptism here for a minute. Let's see this. Yeah, that looks good, isn't it? Can any, are anybody going to do this? I think that would be nice to see him do that. <laughs> now, here's the interesting thing. When Jesus had been baptized in Matthew 3.16, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning on him. And suddenly a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I like breaking that down a little bit. This is my Son, in whom I love. He didn't have to say that. All he had to say, this is my son. But he added, whom I love. Who, what? I am well pleased. Ooh, what an uh, acclamation that is. God the Father saying, this is my, I love him. And I love what he's doing. He's doing all the things. Now, here in doing commentaries during the week, I found out that uh, there's, uh, two other times that this is recorded. But it doesn't say, this is my son. It says, you are my son. Let's look at that. And Mark and Luke, right, that's what I said. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. A voice came from heaven which said, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. So what, what, what's the contradiction here? What's the problem? Well, there's a lot of explanations for that. One might say, well, he's just relaying what happened. He said, you are my son, but people watching said, he said, this is my son. You, you, ever, you ever say something to somebody, and a couple of months later, they said, you said this, and, they, and you said, no, I didn't say that. Said, no, no, you said, no, no, I didn't say that. You go back and forth, back, and there's no recording. So it's what you hear. Remember when Jesus... Uh, knocked Paul down, and he said, uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The people that were there said, we just heard a noise, but we didn't hear any words. So I believe, I would like to think, that Jesus, God, when he said it, was saying, you are my son, but everybody else heard, this is my son. It doesn't really matter how you explain it. God was saying, I'm showing up at my son's baptism. I'm coming down. I know this is a grand event. This is the start of his ministry. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to show up. Amen? Amen. Is he showing up for your baptism? I believe so. I believe God is here. Father is here. And he's saying, this is my beloved sons and daughters whom I am well pleased. You say, well, how can you say that, Pastor Chuck? Well, I like to see it this way. Uh, That Jesus, uh, God loves (laughs) interchange, right? God loves Jesus and us the same. Let's look at it in slide John 17, 25 through 26. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known you that sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love which you have for me may be in them and I in them. Wait a minute, wait, what, what did he say? He said, the love that I have for Jesus is also the love that he has for you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He loves me as much as he loves Jesus? How could we be in that same category? What did we do? All we did is accept Jesus in our heart. Praise the Lord. A lot of people think, well, I'll get to heaven because I'm good enough. No, I hear. (laughs) 
Well, you look, at, you look at all the good that I've done and maybe a few bad and just weigh it out and see if it's good enough. I can tell you right now, it's not good enough. It's not going to work. It's a, you have to be perfect to get into heaven. There's only one person that's perfect, and that was Jesus. Praise God. So look what this says in Hebrews 2.11. I'm getting excited here, you know, because a spiritual principle is happening. We're understanding that we are, in the righteous, we are the righteousness of God. We're in the family of God merely by receiving what God has given to us in Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. What, what a blessing. What a benefit. People are look, looking for peace, looking for happiness, looking for eternal life. We got it, and it's in us in Jesus Christ. It says right here, Hebrews 2.11, For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call us brothers. What? Now, let's look at this. <laughs> Jesus called God the Father... We can call him God the Father because he's on the inside of us. We cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. So what does that make us with Jesus? We're brothers. Jesus is my brother. What? what? Now, Cecile, you know you got two sons, right? You don't favor one over the other, do you? No. No, stop. She's ruining my script. I tell you, this is not. <laughs> but technically, we're not supposed to do that, right? Treat them equally. So God has to treat Jesus and us equally. Whatever he gave to Jesus, he gave to us. We're co-heirs, co-inheritors of his blessing. Same authority. Jesus said that what I have, I give to you. Go ye into all the world, right? Lay hands on the sick. Right? Cast out demons. All these things that he said you can do. I like that. Now, there's a command that says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Is that not right? Yes. And it says also to baptize them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, this is in the Bible. We can't just skip over that and say, well, you know, I'm not feeling it, Pastor. You know, that baptism thing, you get in the water, you get your hair all wet. You know, your makeup you know, runs, you know, all that stuff. I, I just don't feel like it's necessary, right? Now, I used to think that way, way back when. But I thought, well, look at, let's see here. Jesus said to do it. I got to check off all the boxes that I can. Amen? I can't be perfect, but I can at least do what he told me to do. So, Jesus, what did he do? He was in heaven enjoying the heavenly realm, being with the Father, with the angels, and, and on clouds of glory. And the Father said, would you go down there and would you uh, take on an earth suit and preach the gospel for me? I know you're going to be scorned. You're going to be ridiculed. They're going to crucify you. They're going to put you on a cross. They're going to beat you 39 times. But would you do that for me? And he said, nevertheless, at your will, I'll do it because I only do those things that please you, right? So I was thinking to myself, if Jesus did all that, and I can't even get in a tub of water, woe is me, right? Have you been baptized? Certainly, 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 Lord. So the Apostle Paul said it this way, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your what? 
Reasonable service. That's what you should do. Anyway, what is baptism anyway? It's identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what we're, we're identifying. We're saying, I acknowledge what, you're said, what you've done for me, Lord. I appreciate it. I'm going to go and do the same thing. We didn't, have to be ba- we didn't have to be crucified. We didn't have to go into the grave. We didn't have to be risen from the dead. He said, just identify. Same thing as he did with communion. What he said, what did he say? Do this in remembrance of me. Take of this bread. Drink of this wine. Do it in remembrance of the sacrifice that I'm going to give you. Only two ordinances that he's asked us to do. Have communion and be baptized. So my hat is off to those that are doing that today. Now, water baptism is when a Christian identifies with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection and publicly declares they have died and now are beginning a new life in Christ. Hallelujah. Out with the old, in with the new. Amen. There, there was a guy, he went to a, 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 fa- a school reunion, and some of the high school guys, they, it was on a, on a farm, they go, remember when we, 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 we got behind the, 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 uh, the farm, and we, behind the barn, and we lit that haystack on fire? That was cracker, wasn't it? He said, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I said, well, you were there. What do you mean you don't talk about it? Remember when we took the tractor and we went running around and did some donuts in the yard? You remember that? No, I don't, I don't remember that. He said, How could you not remember? You did it. He said, that was the old man. I, I, I don't remember all that stuff. Praise the Lord. Amen. My, my basketball buddies tried to ask me, what were you like before you got saved? And I said, I'm telling you. I, that's all. I can't even remember. I don't even know who that person was. That's an old man. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, we have to learn the new way. Did you know that? Yeah. You get, your spirit gets saved. You have to renew your mind. And you have to crucify your body. Because your mind will want to be the old way. We have to be the new way. I know when I first got married, I was single, of course. Then I got married. I had to learn some new ways. Holy cow. <laughs> My wife looked at our furniture. She said, oh, no, this, this, this is... This has got to go, right? The clothes that you're wearing, got to go. I held on to one shirt that I really liked. And finally, my wife couldn't take it anymore. As I was walking by, she grabbed it, yanked it right down, ripped it. I go, okay, well, I guess that one's gone. (laughs) The last trace of my old man was gone. Praise the Lord. Now, we just spent last last week our 39-year wedding anniversary. Praise the Lord. Now, when I first met her, I wanted to live my whole life with her. I, just, I was just joined. We only knew each other uh, 10 weeks, but I just knew that was supposed to be my wife. Now, what I didn't realize is that we were going to get old. I mean, what was the problem? <laughs> we used to be young and perky and get up and do all this, and now it's like, how are you feeling? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> you want to do this? Nah, let's just sit around and relax. <laughs> <laughs> but when we were, yeah, but when we were, we were learning to live together, you know, falling in love once is easy, but it's continuing to love each other that is the difficult part. Amen. So we had our old ways. We had our old ways of doing things. I did it one way. She did it another way. So when we came together and we had a situation and a problem, I would want to do it my way. She wanted to do it her way. So I said, wait a minute, let's just do it. Let's do this. 
we'll do it your way one time, and I'll agree with you, and we'll see how it works out, and then we'll do it my way one time and see how that works out. Fair enough. So anyway, she did it her way, and it came out perfect. I was surprised. How did that happen? Then she said, your turn on the next one, okay? So I did mine, and it came out perfect. She said, the Lord helped you with that. There's no way that could have happened. <laughs> but what was the common ground? We were in unity. We were in agreement. I agreed with what she was doing. She was agreeing with mine. So it wasn't who was right or who was wrong. Who can get into agreement? And that's why the devil tries to separate husband and wife, tries to get in between and, and build a, a, a wedge. I can remember one time we were, I went to a morning prayer, 6 o'clock, 6 to 7 o'clock, hallelujah, glory to God, and uh, came home on cloud nine. It was a glorious event. My my, my son and my wife were having breakfast. They were eating cereal. And I come in and I start talking. And for some reason, somehow, my wife and I got in an argument. I don't know how that happened. So I told my son, I go, you see? You see how the devil gets in between here? He goes, Dad, we were fine until you came. I, I think the devil's in you. I go, all right, okay. You're in trouble now, son. But <laughs> baptize... I'll let that sit with you for a little bit, okay? Do we have any demons out there in you <laughs> causing strife? <laughs> Baptize is the English form of the Greek word, which means to immerse, not sprinkle. We are immersing ourselves in water as a sign of repentance. We are saying we repent of our old ways, and now our new life is in Christ. Behold, old, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Now, definition of repent. In that slide, it means to completely turn around, to go in the opposite direction that you were going. It's a new life. You were going one way. You were acting one way. All of a sudden, now you're going turn and go a completely different way. The things that you used to do, you don't do anymore. And sometimes it's more gradual than immediate. But you just have to believe that as you press forward and, and believe God and ask him to help you, he will help you. You confess the word, and the word will manifest in your heart, and you'll start doing the new things that you're supposed to do. It's not even about you. God said, I will take that seed and put it in your heart and let it grow and manifest, and you'll be doing the things that are pleasing to, in my sight. In Colossians 1.13, it says that you may be delivered. You know, you have been delivered from the power. You have been delivered from the powers of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his, his dear son. It's already happened in the spiritual realm. You just need to catch up. Amen? So what you do is you keep saying, I have been delivered. I thank you, Lord. I have delivered from the way I'm thinking. I'm delivered from the way I'm, I'm doing things. Glory to God. In Romans 6, 3 through 5, it says, don't you know that all who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. We, therefore, buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as he was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we, too, will live a new life. Now, let's look at, I'm going to give you an example here. Uh, let's go to uh, Acts 2.41. Now, the Apostle Paul, or I'm sorry, Apostle Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he came out, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they came out, and they were speaking in tongues, and glorifying God, and laughing, and giggling. <laughs> the people thought, are you, are you guys drunk? What, what's up with you? No, we just, we got filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And they said, well, what is this? And the Apostle Peter said, this is that which was spoken of Joel the prophet, that on that day all, my spirit will be poured upon all flesh. He's still being poured out upon all flesh. And so they said, what do we need to do? He said, repent and be ye baptized. And 3,000 of them went and got baptized. Let's look at it right here. Can you imagine that? Now, it's exciting that we're doing the same thing that the apostles did in Acts. We're being baptized. We're witnesses. We're watching it happen. Praise the Lord. So uh, one last example, and we're going to get these people dunked here in a minute. And I just want to mention that this is all, they willingly asked to be baptized. We didn't force anybody. We didn't grab them and tell them we're going to dunk you, whether you like it or not. (laughs) You're going to be baptized. (laughs) No, they heard the word, and they decided that they want to be a part of it. Praise the Lord. Now, there was a man, an Ethiopian guy, a eunuch, that was very well-to-do, and he was traveling on his chariot. And the Holy Spirit said to Stephen, go catch the chariot and tell him about Jesus. And so I'm imagining in my mind, he had to go and catch him, so he had to run a little bit. He had to run, and he sees a guy in the chariot. He goes, hey, what, what are you reading over there? He said, well, I'm reading about this in, in Isaiah. He led a sheep to the slaughter, and a lamb before its shearer is silent. He opened not his mouth. In humiliation, his justice was taken. He said, the eunuch said, I ask of you, whom does this prophet say this is, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at the same scripture, preach Jesus to them. So as they were going down the road, and he heard about Jesus, he saw a body of water, and he said, there's some water. Let's see what he says. They came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here's the water. What hinders me from being baptized? And the answer is nothing. He got his robe, went down, and got baptized. He said, if you believe all your heart, you will be saved. And if you do that, you'll be baptized, and you will see the glory of the Lord. So we're excited today to see some people be baptized 